HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to Heritage Radio Network on tour. I'm Emily Pearson. I'm Patrick Martins. And we're recording live from Good Food Mercantile in San Francisco. We want to thank the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts and to the Good Food Foundation for making our coverage today possible. So we are here with the Good Food Foundation's executive director, and Sarah founder. Wiener, and founder, Sarah Wiener. Slow food alum. <laughs> Hi, and one of our favorite people on the West Coast. It's mutual, national, except East. National. Yeah. All right. You know, she's covering the West Coast, moved to Portland recently, <laughs> started her own garden. Sarah, we have the very important question for you today. This is part of our main course OG roundtable panel format yes. question. We hope you'll listen to us live every week. We need to ask you about Megxit. Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, mm -hmm. they've officially renounced their titles. Yes. And they're moving to Canada. Yes. And what? they just lost their title. So wait, what's the question? The question is, well, you can comment what on it. Yeah, do you have a comment? Well, um, why did they choose Canada first? But second, I think it's great. They only have one life. They should live it the way they want to live it. So what's our question? The question is, what should the Canadian people cook for Meghan and Harry to welcome them? As a first bite, like a first dish. What dish symbolizes welcoming... Uh, hospitality, appreciation, mm. warmth, mm. mental health. That's a great question. Lack of Maybe paparazzi. Maybe like some like waffles with a lot of like uh, Canadian maple syrup. Okay. They've got okay. maple okay. syrup up there, right? Or should there be a jam from the Good Food Awards on there? Of course. They'll be like from their south of the border, but like we'll export <laughs> our jam for <laughs> Megan and Harry. All right, fantastic. <laughs> So next question, second of three questions for Sarah Wiener. So this is, we're looking at literally hundreds of stands and thousands of people tasting and meeting and exchanging and doing business together, which is the best way of making change in the food system. So with even with all this accomplishment, I know founders and entrepreneurs are like, what's next? It's like a pressure to outperform the year before. So and how we you, should know this is the 10th year. 10th year, just like radio, 10th year as well. So, I mean, what kind of challenges uh, does that present you to outdo yourself and to keep people amazed at how you're ahead of where they are in terms of this movement? Um, that's a really good question, Patrick. Uh, so I am a host <laughs> of HRN. It, it shows. It shows. 
Well, a year ago, we kind of asked that question of all the like retailers that we work most closely with, like amazing people like Byride and Market All Foods and all those folks. And we're like, you know, for our 10 year in a year, maybe we should bring the world's best artisans who inspire some of ours to America so you could taste like Italian prosciutto next to an American prosciutto and see. And then that's what I proposed. And they were like, uh-uh. We should bring America's best artisans to the world because that's how far we've come. And people don't realize like there's amazing cheese as good as French cheese and Italian cheese. And there's like amazing. So we are planning a delegation, the first ever like organized big delegation of American makers to Salone del Gusto. Wow, Terra Madre 2020. Yep, Terra Madre 2020. Uh, so you'll be able to like see our olive oils and our cheese and our charcuterie and pickles. And like we're going to make it beautiful. Mm. They don't know yet, but I'm going to recruit Heath Ceramics to do all the like platters for the area and like our great food photographers to do portraits of like American heroes like, oh, you know, Nell Newman, Wendell Berry. And yeah, that's what we're going to do. I was sitting with Carlo Piccini because I translated for him and I was sitting next to him during the Good Food Awards looking out at all the people and Carlo elbowed me and is like, America is no longer a laughing stock. Because oh. when I was there in 1998, they would see us as the birthplace of McDonald's and now you fast forward 20 years and many ways we might even be outperforming certain European cultures who I don't want to say have gotten lazy with their traditions but you know just maybe don't have that dynamism that America has you know lack of baggage entrepreneurship manifest destiny all that so what's our third and final question My for the third great question. Sarah Wiener. so a delegation going to Europe sounds fantastic Next year, obviously, the Good Food Awards and the Mercantile will happen again. Will there be another new category? This year, the new category was? Grains and legumes. Last year was snacks. Last year was snacks. Mm -hmm. Do you know what next year will be? Can well, we get a sneak peek? There are some things in the running. Okay. I want there to be butter, because butter's delicious. Very, very delicious. And like real food, you know? There is some interest in salt. Apparently now we have like maybe 30 different great salt producers, like the folks in West Virginia, that's company started in like 1815, uh, J.Q. Dickinson. But then there's like people in Alaska. I was talking with uh, Mark Bitterman who has that salt shop in Portland called mm. The Meadow. So that could be kind of interesting. What about wine? That's a great question. There is some internal and external both on my team and around kind of a lot of interest in wine and we've shied away from it because it already has so much good marketing support. But maybe if we could really narrow in on what's truly sustainable and help those folks. So what is the great achievement? I heard a fantastic stat. What's your most fascinating stat to close out this interview in terms of maybe the number of dollars exchanged amongst Good Food Mart or the percentage of sure. change in your niche or whatever? Well, we had a look back on kind of what the folks we work with tell us in terms of how their sales change in the months following winning. And we realized like as a low estimate, we've shifted from like industrial food to like good food at least $50 million. Wow. Over the last 10 years. So oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So I was not expecting good. that kind of number. $50 million. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. It's really great. And we ourselves at Heritage Foods have just conducted some business mm -hmm. with Smoking Goose Eatery and uh, Lady Edison and all that. So great job, Sarah. Thanks for being on. Thank you guys so much for having me. 
and for just supporting all that we oh, do. Yeah. We here. first met, I think, in Pompeii in 19 or 2001 or something, maybe. You were a kid from Ohio who was just there and uh, in Pompeii and all the lit torches that led us to that amazing feast that Silvio Barber, who was it, Alfonso, or who did that? Anyway, these soul food people put that amazing dinner together and now look at us we're the best alum i always i always say are it. we <laughs> i put myself on sarah's level i like it Wait. it's a maverick move i'm like well, i'm as good as sarah i feel honored to be sitting with the two of you so i think uh two people really paving the way in the in this industry and oh, uh nice, for good clean and fair food thanks sarah for Thank being with you. us bye guys all right, we're back at the Good Food Mercantile with Chris Ely of Smoking Goose Meats from Indianapolis. Chris, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Our pleasure. Awesome. We are such big fans, big fans of yours. Big fans. Thank you. Everything that you are putting out, and um, you have a lot of respect in the industry. Uh, the people we work with speak very highly of you. I love that. It's always good to hear. And a little uh, sneak peek: Heritage Foods is going to do a collaboration with Smoking Goose that we just. If he allows it. If no, he that allows depends it. how this interview goes. He could always <laughs> yeah, we'll change his mind. We'll oh my God, he's going <laughs> to kick us to the curb after this interview. So yeah. We do a roundtable format like The View, where I'm Joy Behar. Yeah. We do uh, three quick questions. So, all right. All right. Question our, number one. Our first question is yeah. about the royals, or I should say the former royals, due to Megxit. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry have Just recently lost their titles. given up their titles. They are right. moving to Canada. Right. In order to welcome them properly to Canada, if you had to pick a cured meat to feed them or for the Canadian people to feed them, what would it be? As a welcome cured meat, what is right. the most welcoming cured meat that says peace, welcoming, mental health, Whatever it says. Right. Well, I don't know if it has a welcoming thing, but... I one in particular, one something we make called Saucy Sun Rouge that I learned from a guy in Montreal. Um, so that would probably be my choice. So it's like a French Canadian style salami that we make that would be perfect for him. And what is it? Describe it. Uh, it's actually kind of like a whole hog salami. So there's heart, liver. Um, it's a very rich and mineral type flavor. There's some heat and tons of red wine in it. Um, so it's very warming and, and you know. You know, rich and mineralities to it that, that are sounds welcoming to me. Yeah. Hope you're listening, Canada. Yeah. Uh, I know we do have listeners in Canada. So they're very good. Our next question is: uh, You have such an amazing display. You do uh, a lot of different styles. I mean, how do you balance tradition and innovation in what you make? Sure. I think the main thing is always to respect tradition. I think it's um, you know our job is to not screw it up. Our job is to take something that's already uh, really well fed, really well cared for, already has a, had a great life and to really not screw it up. So I think that a big part of that is respecting the tradition of it. Um, and, and part of that tradition that we've learned is to take what is uh, known for your region, right? Like what's around, what's easily accessible to you, what's what's known to like uh, that region of the country. Uh, so we use like hardwoods that are known you know, for India, from Indiana, both fruit and hardwoods for our smoking. Uh, we use spices, like we use, we use locally forged juniper berries, so all these types of things that, that we bring those together to try to create something that is unique to our region. We, we feel like unique to our region of the country. So it doesn't, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't have the, the roots in my family that date back to Italy or, or, or specifically that I know of where in Italy uh, or in France. Um, but what I like to learn or take from them is that, you know, say something like Soprasada where that every, 
uh, neighborhood kind of has their own version of it, right? And so rather than me trying to recreate those things, we, we try to blend our own flavor profiles that represent our region of the country just as other people would in, in Europe. Fantastic. So is the goose local to Indianapolis? The name itself or? Or just, I mean, why smoking goose? Of all the, do you always have a goose item on your yeah, menu? Yeah, actually originally had nothing to do with the animal itself. Um, it was actually my wife's nickname growing up. And so I named the company after her. So she was the youngest of three. And her older sister would, or her parents would call her the caboose, but her sister couldn't say it. And it turned into goose. And kind of came from that and being like um, a pot smoker yeah pot a smoker. Pot smoking the goose. Caboose. <laughs> caboose. <laughs> uh, so then it can became like you know being like the provider for the neighborhood so like mother goose being the provider for the neighborhood so that's where a lot of it came from but we do actually do some goose some pretty cool goose items so goose prosciutto and mm -hmm. we do a, a goose salami called south cider so and you do have a retail outlet in indianapolis right? we do yeah we do we have a butcher shop kind of on the old north side of uh, indianapolis dodge city Dodge City, yeah. Speaking of, of which, you yeah. uh, just won a Good Food Award yeah, last did. night for your Wayfed Dodge City Salami. We did, yes, absolutely. Is that Is a it? new item that you put out specifically in hopes of winning, or was it already around? Well, the Dodge City Salami was one of our original ones. So there's a, probably a half dozen that were original to that retail location. That was named after that neighborhood of that retail location. But the Wayfed Dodge City is fairly new. Last couple of years, it's just uh, same recipe, but using Wayfed pigs. So, they won for two products because I was the one that oh, named both. Right. The other was the duck prosciutto, which yes. is cool. So, right. oh yes, Patrick last night had the uh, great honor of presenting to yeah. the charcuterie, presenting the award winners in the That's charcuterie right. category. Well, congratulations on all your success, and well, thank you. uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing more from you guys over the next years. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Chris. Our next guests are two real legends here in California. We have uh, Lee Hudson and Christina Salas-Porras of Hudson Ranch and Hudson Greens and Goods. Thanks for being with us. Our, Our pleasure. We're so excited to be here. Yeah, I mean, we've never been on radio, and I've known you. You might have been the first person in California I ever reached out to when I was running Slow Food back in 1998, and you basically delivered the Slow Food movement to Slow Food with your chapter here so it's we so have great a long to have history you on. patrick i know where all your skeletons live oh, i was gonna say i bet there are some <laughs> stories i think i need to hear like all the really good old juicy ones i think this i think this is a pg-13 so let's keep it keep we're it allowed to curse on this network yeah we have three questions the first one is near and dear to our heart the royal family Meghan markle and prince harry just lost their titles it is the official Megxit scandal. I don't know if you've read about it. They have officially moved to Canada and they are giving up their royal titles and they would like to be more of the common type people. So if you were to uh, pick a, a serve a wine to welcome them to Canada under their new more regular type lifestyle, what would you suggest that be served to them? You know, an approachable wine, one, one that says we welcome you, uh, mental well, health, peace, safety. Well, I would think it'd have to be a, 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 a Niagaran sweet wine. Some of the great wines from Niagara Falls, uh, they make some of the great sweet wines of, of, of the world there, and, and they seem like a sweet couple, yeah. so maybe something kind of sweet and sticky. That's so humble. Now, can you be selfish for a second and tell us a Hudson wine? That I, I was going to suggest a Hudson wine. Well, <laughs> and, of and, course, and a Hudson wine. I, we would offer them our Chardonnay, which which is 
bold but very crisp and loving. It's full of delicious flavors and great aromas and very welcoming. So, What makes your Chardonnay different than other Chardonnays? People have a firm idea in their mind of what Chardonnay means, but yours is different. Ours is, is bold, sunny, and great, beautiful acid. And so it, it has all the characteristics of, of the California sunshine, sunshine regime, but doesn't fall flat on its face. It, it's got very well-turned ankles and good abs. And we should note Meghan Markle is from Los Angeles, so she needs a little sunshine. Yeah, she does. So our second question is, uh, how do you both in your store and at the winery balance tradition with innovation? Because there's a desire to always break new ground, but there's also a desire to stay true to you know things that have been successful before. So how do you stay ahead, stay different while still being great? That's a... I'll speak about the grocery store first. And I, I think in, in all of our businesses, tradition is really at the core of our work and drives our decision making um, and the profiles of our food products. But we are always open to trying new things. Um, and also, I think within that tradition, bringing back some of these rare heirloom varietals. Um, some of the varietals that we grow on, in the vineyard are considered, are not grown by very many people. And we take a lot of pride in growing those varietals and we think that they are so delicious and are really the backbone of our wine program. And at the grocery store, you know, we get to try so many new products even today, looking at elixirs and um, so many new shrubs and things that have a foundation in the past but have been lost and are being brought back. So I think just always remaining open and allowing um, good sustainable practices and finding local foods. Our, our mission at the grocery store is to support local businesses, to support California businesses, um, American businesses, and, and then those products that we can't find here, then we look outside of the country. But we're we run a pretty tight ship in terms of what we carry. Your question, Patrick, is, is on our minds all the time. From my sense, to be an explorer, it helps to be classically trained. So to understand from where we come is a good way to understand interesting new and, and eventful new ways of going. So at our ranch, we grow 17 different varieties of grapes because we're classically trained but naturally curious. So we make wines that do in fact have very strong antecedents in the old world, but place is everything. And a place is what informs us. Therefore, we make wines that are driven by where we are. And that is the innovative component, the thing that you explore every vintage, the thing that you discover every year is that your place is what's talking, not you. Fascinating. It's interesting that just struck me. Uh, I was at uh, the Museum of Modern Art with my seven-year-old son, and, and he was looking at a Jackson Pollock painting and said, you know, I could do that. And I was like, actually, Jackson Pollock knew line drawing and went to art school for 30 years before he dropped his first bit of paint in what seems like a haphazard way. Well, I'll ask my last question. Is it okay that I ask? I know I'm like, hi, because, you know, it's, I know Christina for years. 
uh, the the image that most struck me I, I had such a fantastic time touring your winery and being spending time with you guys and tasting these delicious wines but the two images that struck me most was a huge poster that you have of your terroir of the, of the regions and a big uh, poster of all the faces of the employees uh, that you have there where uh, Marissa Sanchez was there, your guys' faces were there and all the workers all the way down to the grape pickers. So talk to me about those two maps, if you will, the people map and the uh, actual map of the region. I'll, I'll speak to the people map. Uh, we now have almost 60 employees and we couldn't do what we do without all of their their input and their hands and and they are really our family and we consider everything that we do with them in mind so um, each of those people is important to us and their families are part of part of our family and we do everything we can to support them so we offer 70% of our employees with subsidized housing. Um, they get paid a living wage. They have year-round work. They have health insurance. And um, we have a scholarship program for their kids. And it is really one of the most rewarding parts of our work is to see families flourish that are working in ag. Year-round work is key, right? Because it often must not be year-round work Right, in because that vineyard line work, work isn't yeah. year-round. So we've created these other businesses olive oil, the pigs, the chickens, so that we can support people all year round. And the map itself, uh, we'll describe the place. Well, the place is the canvas. I'll go back to your analogy of modern art in relationship to, to skill sets, is that we can prepare ourselves through our, our endeavors and our time at, 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 at an endeavor uh, to do something, but it's really the place that informs us, and that is the canvas on which we work. And it's it's more than a canvas; it's a topography. It's a it has texture, it has meaning, and we have to conform to it. I I have been driven more and more as I have more experience that place is everything, and so um, our geography and our and our place we would like to believe informs us and in turn we were educated and we evolve as people of place well you guys heard it here we highly recommend that you all visit hudson ranch and hudson and for their wines and hudson greens and goods uh lee and christina hudson thank you guys so much for joining us love you guys great to see you thanks, thanks for being here thank you so we're back with our friend sana javeri kadri who is also an hrn hall of famer congratulations yes, thank you for be being part of the the hrn family I love everything to do with HRN, so thank Back you. Back in the day, right, with Aaron Fairbanks. Back You're an in the OG. Day. <laughs> so you have Diaspora Co., and you have a booth here today at the Good Food Mercantile, and we were just tasting some of your turmeric uh, and peppercorns, but we will talk about that in a second. We have an important question for you first. We're going to ask right. you a couple questions. Do, 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 do. The first Breaking one news. is about the royal family, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Oh, wow. I not, not no, what I'm are expecting. you familiar with Megxit? 
I am very familiar with Megxit. They ran my country for 200 years. <laughs> All right. Um, well, they are oh, officially buttons. moving to Canada, and I they are giving this. up their royal titles. They would like to be uh, commoners and actually work for a living. So if uh, the Canadian people were preparing a special bite for them to welcome them to Canada, mm-hmm. what spice might you suggest that they feature or a use in this, di- spice, in this bite? A, a welcoming spice. spice. Well, so it has to be something that they're used to, and I don't want to jar the Royals' palates. <laughs> so I would probably do pepper, um, and then I would probably do a smoked ghee cacio e pepe to, like, Ooh. tingle at their, I don't know, post-colonial sensibility. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I knew there's a yeah. reason you're in the HRN Hall of Fame. Yeah, Very good, good at this. Better than we are. I enjoy performing. I love a captive audience. Well, you've got it here for sure. So now you worked at the Byright Family of Businesses. I did. And you walked into a, a certain division of their market and said, this is a sad place that's lacking diversity Don't and quality. Don't tell my bosses at Byright I said that. No, but I mean, I think they would appreciate it. And mm-hmm. I'm sure they're self-reflective. they now sell our stuff. Exactly. So describe what went on and how your company is trying to change that. Yeah. So um, in 2016, I essentially realized that we knew exactly who was growing our peaches or exactly who was growing our tomatoes. But when it came to spices, nobody knew, nobody cared. Um, and the result was honestly not very tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up going on a nine-month journey to 19 farms across India to try and figure out where the where turmeric was being produced. And the more I learned, the more I realized that I should probably start a business instead of like writing an article. Um, and I bought 350 kilograms of turmeric with my 2016 tax refund. Wow. I thought it would take me a long time to sell, but then Oaktown Spice bought it all. Um, so wait, you bought it from there and then I just brought it in it like here? a DHL box. Wow. Um, thinking maybe I'll sell it to some chefs. Hmm. And then it, it really exploded and we were in the New York Times gift guide that year oh, wow. when I was not prepared for that and it kind of snowballed from there. So you were mail ordering? Yeah, so we're, we're still like deep mail order. Direct to consumer. Yeah, we're direct to consumer. So what's your website? It's diasporaco.com, so D-I-A-S-P-O-R-A-C-O.com. There's cute ha- tigers on it. And you have a new product out, is that right? We do. So we have um, chili peppers, which are from one of the oldest um, organic pesticide-free farms in India. It's a third-generation pesticide-free farm. Um, and then we also have our peppercorns, which are a blend of 10 wild and indigenous varieties of pepper, which is pretty cool. And you told me you're leaving for India on Monday. Day after tomorrow. Do you have a, is this just to go and check in on your farms and and kind of reconnect with everybody? I know you said you go for a few months of every year. It's both. Or do you go to find also a new product? Is there something we, we should look for in 2020? There's actually things you should look for in fall of 2020. We'll be launching cumin, coriander, salt, and ginger. Um, and then as of 2022, we'll have 22 spices. Oh, um, so we're going, we started with one and we're getting to 22. Um, but this trip is right now is harvest season for our existing farms. So it's visiting them, it's taking photos, it's checking in and setting the next year's price. Um, and then after that, it'll be sourcing the next round of spices. Which is why it takes me three months. Mm, fantastic. Wow, very, very yeah. interesting. Well, I'm so happy we met for our Heritage Foods customers, our elite customers. You can look for a possible collaboration, a yeah. free gift in your orders from now on, uh, you know, for three months or two months, however it works. So 
very excited to meet you face to face and so i'm so happy we have erin fairbanks she's really an og she's yeah, yeah she's really one of the cha people changing the world for the better so thanks for being with us anna Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network on tour. Thanks again to the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts for making our on-tour coverage possible, and the Good Food Foundation for having us here for Good Food Mercantile. I'm Emily Pearson. Thanks for listening to The Main Course OG.